and welcome to Women in the Business Arena, formerly known as the Liberation Lab. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together, we dive into juicy topics relevant to women in business. We've learned through decades of being entrepreneurs how to conquer the business arena and achieve not just success, but fulfillment and liberation. We also believe that this is a continual journey of ups and downs, so we get honest, vulnerable, and real about what it takes to succeed. Think of this as joining our inner circle of women discussing the issues that matter and the strategies that will help you enjoy the ride. If you want to continue the discussion, join our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. We would love to hear from you. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with my gorgeous co-host, Laura Schutt-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hey, Sonia. How's it going? It's going good. I'm, I'm sort of excited today because we're actually going to bring in a topic that is a debate. And, and I want to kind of look and, and break apart this conversation because I think it's a really interesting thing to explore. Uh, so the other day I got tagged on Facebook for a quote that talked about consumerism. And I'm going to read it because I think it's really interesting. And it says, consumerism depends on your unhappiness. If you were happy with all you had, why would you want more? Your self-worth is dangerous. So I think this is a really interesting topic because I think for women, we really struggle with self-worth. It's a common epidemic in every business owner I've ever worked with. And so I think that that in and of itself is a really interesting perspective regarding consumerism. But also as business owners, we are totally involved in capitalism and consumerism. How do we stay ethical? How do we make sure we're in integrity? Yeah, what this is going to be a really interesting conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I like this. It's kind of different for us just to tackle something that's sort of a controversy and then we try to pull out, right, Mm. the different aspects and the the threads of it. So the first thing that comes to mind when I hear that is an agreement of, yes, you know, overly – like overly commodifying and consuming can be dangerous. And we definitely live in a culture that can get caught up um, in just – addictive behavior, addictive shopping, online shopping, um, over-consuming food, over-consuming products, like to fill voids, right? And it's like therapeutically, that's very common um, that therapists are looking at, what are you trying to fill? Like, and you've been to a therapist, they probably ask you, like, what's that feeling? What are you trying to um, over-compensate for to fill? So I get that it can be dangerous. However, I also think that there's a need for services that are ethical, service-based, that are about supporting people to become healthier, whole human beings. And sometimes we can't do that simply on our own. And then we want to provide an energy exchange, which in this society, in our day and time, we do use our economic system to exchange and flow back money for services rendered. So... Yeah, just leave it at that for for now, and hear what you have to say. <laughs> we'll go. Yeah, look, uh, and I agree. I, I think we have we're going to have to split a lot of hairs in this episode, right? Because I think you know there's a lot of sort of perspectives you can have on that. 
I mean, I personally don't don't have a problem in general with the system, like capitalism, consumerism. I don't sort of have a thing about that. I have a thing about unethical advertising. I have a thing about advertising that manipulates you to feel like you're not good enough or continues to perpetuate women's, you know, lack of self-worth, which which happens a lot. And I think you do see this in service-based businesses as well. You see women as an example, who think they're never good enough, they never can succeed in their business. And so they will go and be sort of addicted to more information, right? So they'll go and buy the next product and the next coaching thing and the next coaching thing and the next coaching thing. And they'll go into all these, oh, well, maybe that one's better because it's more expensive. And, you know, or they'll go into degrees, right? Like this is another way that I kind of see this where you'll see women who, you know, will purchase one degree and then they're like, oh, it's not enough. I don't have enough things at the back of my name. I don't have enough of my own wisdom and experience. So I'm going to, you know, go for another degree and I'm, then I'm going to go for a certification and I'm going to go for this more education. So I think that's a really interesting thing as well. But I think what, what we're really talking about when we're talking about this topic is marketing, really, because, you know, whether the product or the service itself is ethical, I mean, we can talk about that, but I think it's a choice. We all have a choice whether to buy or not buy. I think where some of the debate really comes in is how the marketing is propelling and perpetuating some of the lack of self-worth and like this, this whole idea that we need to feed something, that we need to be better, that we need to look better, that we need to, you know, feel better, that we need to fill a void. And so I think that's a really interesting thing to explore. Yes. And just disclaimer, I use marketing. I love marketing. It can be really healthy. But <laughs> I did have this experience in college where I took a marketing class because I was already a psychology major. And then there were these um, – friends of mine that were just like raving about this one class in communications department, in the communications department. And it was like marketing and advertising and, and just, it was so interesting. So I was like, I'm going to sign up for this class. And then like halfway through it, I was like, oh my goodness, marketing is using everything we know about psychology to manipulate <laughs> people to buy things. Like, I don't want to have anything to do with it. I was like, wait a minute, I'm going to go back over here and deliver this psychology for, for healing and trauma and everything. But oh my- I had that impression as a 19, 20-year-old. I was just like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) You know what's so funny, Laura, is that in all the time we've known each other, we've never had this conversation because I was exactly the opposite. I was a psychology major. (laughs) I was realizing that psychology didn't quite fit the bill for what I wanted to experience. I took an advertising and communications class, fell in love with it, and then switched my major. So, <laughs> I love so I it. So, I'm so interesting that even after all these years, we have never had this conversation. It's like full but circle. I, Sonia and I yeah. sitting parallel. Like we're the same age too. We're probably like, you're in Dallas. I was in Austin. Sitting in classes. <laughs> having our moment. Exactly. And, and I, I think, but that's, it's so interesting because you went on to really see the value. Because that's what I want to mm-hmm. say is like, it's not all black or white. And I really did know there was yep. value in it. But it's like you went on to really be fascinated by wow, people are fascinating. And the way that you talk to them and the way that you understand their pain points and offer up solutions is really exciting. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to go over here and just focus all on the psychology of the human. I'm not going to touch what they're what they're going to buy and how they're going to grow their businesses. Like I'm going to be about their deep dives into depth psychotherapy. And so here we are today, like bringing it back around with both perspectives and like (laughs) 
<laughs> we need both it's perspectives so- for this conversation. So we absolutely it. do. And and I think in general, like I mean, and this is what's so beautiful is my my love of it because I loved writing, and that's sort of the direction I went. I loved yes. the communication, and I loved writing, and I loved the psychology of the writing. And mm-hmm. I was amazing copywriter. I mean, that's yes. really what I graduated yeah, university are. and did. I was a really good copywriter because I could see into people and pull out their message in words. And I think that, you know, that's the beauty of sort of that process. But I think we really have to talk about the energy behind it. See, for me, marketing and copywriting and branding and all the things I used to do a long time ago, those were all very ethical to me. I was always very authentic. It wasn't about manipulating a product or service mm-hmm. to try to, you know, like psych- psychologically engage people. It was about actually telling the truth of who someone was so that people could relate to it and therefore choose them because it was actually aligned with what they wanted and needed. And see, I think that's the that's sort of the, the thing about it is that for me, I've always practiced very authentic marketing, but for a lot of people, they don't. Their intention behind it is manipulation. Their intention is to stir someone up, make them feel like they need it and make them feel guilty if they don't buy it. Like there's all kinds of this sort of psychology. And it's one of the struggles I still have today is that, you know, in every sort of uh, my own mentors and on the masterminds that I've been in and all the groups that I'm involved in that are much higher level for where my business is at, I still struggle with a lot of the perspectives, which is about, you know, induce scarcity and, you know, and make people think that they have to have you. And, you know, there's still so much of that manipulation that's present. And I really am misaligned with that. So then I've had to learn in my program and learn in my business to turn all of those really good strategies around to be more authentic. And, you know, it's a slower process, as we've talked about, you know, being authentic, doing the feminine process, it's slower in business. But but it is, you know, way more aligned. Yeah. And just taking that piece of the quote, the the part about self-worth could be dangerous. Is that how they say it? Um, yeah. Well, I think because self-worth can make you, if you're hung up on I'm not good enough and you're really struggling with self-doubt or struggling with you need some, you need more, you need to fill that, fill that void, then you are vulnerable to certain people's manipulations, and that can be dangerous. However, I don't believe that that means that everyone out there is going to um, take advantage of that. Um, I do think that there are people that struggle with self-doubt, and they can find people that um, can provide them with support and services, especially like the industry that's, industries that we're in. I mean, a lot of the the um, health and wellness and the coaching, and I mean, it's a huge industry too. So you, you definitely mm-hmm. have like a lot of really heavy sales and buy this product, buy this formula. I really personally mm-hmm. struggle a lot more with the wellness industry's product base, like all of the every product under the sun, but ours is the best hemp. Ours is the most amazing vitamin. Um, And then, you know, just really making you feel like you have to have that pure product of theirs to, for anything to ever work. Um, That's just my bias. I'm not a product person (laughs) or a service-based person, but I feel like I see people get caught up chasing that piece of the wellness industry, like the next best Thing, the the way of eating that product, the the class that you have to do, the exercise class now that is the one like the Orange Theory um, 
kind of phenomenon here in the States is not any new exercise program, but they've taken a very unique approach to their customer service and they charge $25 a class. And you're just getting like this circuit class, but they have a heart monitor. And so they're always constantly helping you, you know, measure aspects of your body. And they just have like all of these nuances. And I just find like that's an interesting thing in our in our industry of just trying to always um, that kind of speaks to the self-doubt. Like, I'm going to get even more accurate. We're going to monitor your heart. We're going to make it extra special. We're going to do this and we're going to do that. And you have to have it this way. Otherwise, no gym will ever no other gym can ever help you, you know, and just getting kind of caught up in that world. It's so interesting because, I mean, gosh, this is like there's so many sort of little, little pieces and aspects. And this is a very sort of subtle thing, right? Like, because I think one of the things I teach a lot about in business, because I'm all about business basics, back to the basics where so many people have lost sight of what business is actually about. Business is about, you know, meeting someone's need, offering better customer services, looking for what's not fulfilled in the marketplace and being able to fulfill it. And I think that's awesome. I think that is good business practice, right? Being able to say there is actually need and want here that's not fulfilled and I'm going to fulfill it. So I think that's really important. But I think, (laughs) yeah, some people are doing that for selfish reasons and they're not actually out there to serve. They're out there to sort of create another market for themselves to sort of really fulfill their own needs. And yeah. so I'm I like, think, ding, you know, ding, ding. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's the piece is like, you know, it, then we get into the subtle, the subtleness of it, the subtle energy, where are you coming from, you know, as a, as a marketer, as a business, where are you coming from? And then I think also a lot of women are so scared to be, um, to put themselves out there and to really show their value, then they kind of use sort of this consumerism and some of this marketing stuff as a way to not put themselves out there. So there's all these like really like interesting facets. Yes, yes. Now that's actually a really good point is the, are you really serving a need? Are you really meeting the pain points? Are Or is it just kind of like, oh, I think this would sell. And I think this would be really, you know, I think a lot of people would like this. Because for all the listeners that love Orange Theory, it's exactly that. It's meeting a need that a lot of women especially like that that particular business model. Because it's very um, tuned in to each individual client. Instead of just feeling like a meat market and you're walking into a big crazy gym and all that, right? So, yes, like when you – there's certain – businesses, and like you said, you're always coaching your clients to think about, are you in alignment with yourself, meeting a need or a gap that's out there, filling that gap that's out there, solving a problem? And I think that that is sort of the um, the difference between consumerism that can be destructive and that can be dangerous and intentional conscious consumerism where you can you can consciously consume. I mean, I you know this about me like I was very on that like anti-capitalism, anti-consumer. I went quite went to the 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 hippie mom. Um <laughs> and I didn't buy anything like brand new from any stores for the longest time because I was boycotting all these stores. So I was like, "I'll only buy secondhand. I'll only recycle," mm-hmm. you know? And that was fun. My idealistic 20, 30 early 30-year-old 30 self. But now I realize, well, some of these companies I'm really excited about and I really want to support them. So how do you consciously consume the services and the products 
And how are you an educated consumer? How do you find information? And nowadays, you can find out so much about the companies that you support. And this comes also to like the entrepreneurs that I find out there in the world. Like I just pick up a new product and I see like, wow, this entrepreneur is giving back or they're really passionate because they have a child who has a cell, some sort of, you know, disability that they're supporting proceeds to. And I don't know, it's like that's where I get excited about we can tell our stories and we can be very transparent about why our product matters and how we're making a difference in the world with what we're creating. And in that yeah. way, I think it's great consumerism if it's supporting that. You know, yeah. Bigger. And, and this is it. I mean, I think as far as being consumers, what we need to look at is, you know, we can consciously consume. And I do that all the time. Like I'm not I'm definitely, I don't know if I've ever been easily manipulated by marketing. Now, I will say that in looking for people to help me with my business, I have been manipulated and made to feel guilty and pushed to to make decisions faster than I wanted to, which is why I don't do that with, with the people who I'm talking to you know, in my business. But I think, you know, as a consumer, we can be really conscious and that's what I am. Like if I want to buy something, I am deciding to buy it. You know, I'm not influenced by, you know, this and that marketing campaign. It's really something I've thought about. It's something that I have considered. It's something that I feel passionate about. Sometimes that can be just, I wanted to go buy this amazing ice cream because it was a good indulgence and this is, you know, what I wanted to do. And so, you know, I think, I think there is really conscious consumerism. I think that you as an individual, can be more aware of what your choices are. And then I think what we have to really look at is as business owners, how do we contribute to conscious consumerism? Mm, How do we, you know, like not perpetuate the pieces in the world that are manipulative, that are, you know, stimulating sort of fear-based ideas or even things like self-worth? And that is the question that I think we've got to explore. Yes, yes. And I believe the question, the answer is that we definitely can, coming back to what I was saying about sort of the conscious – Conscious consumers, that's the the side of searching for that entrepreneur. But as entrepreneurs, we can be very clear in what it is that we're creating, what we're offering. I mean, I think for you and I, that's what brought us together is because we were two single moms looking to create a solution for our workspace and how were we going to see our clients? How were we going to take care of our families? How were we going to get our wellness needs met? You know, that was something that we weren't just like, hey, let's just create a really cool option out there, product and a service that everyone's going to buy, right? It's like that was never like, the, oh, let's just think of something that we're going to be able to sell to the marketplace. It was like, what do we really need right now that we could create that also creates a revenue stream? Like imagine if we solved our own problem and mm. created a revenue stream for both of our families, as single moms, yes. we really needed to think like that. And so therefore, we were thinking about ourselves within the capitalist economy. How are we going to bring that money in? But we were also really intentionally looking at how we could serve the greater good and bring a solution and a, just an evolution of workspace that we didn't see yet exist. 
Yeah. And I do think it's a sweet spot and like a a balance. Like I do think women need to be creating profitable businesses and there's nothing wrong with profit. We do live in a society. I mean, if you live somewhere where you don't need money, fantastic and awesome, then definitely give freely, find a way to be a nonprofit, whatever, like go for it. But for a lot of us, we live in a world where we need to pay for things. We have to pay for rent. We need to pay for clothes. We need to make sure our kids are fed. Like there are things that are realistic in terms of need to create profit in our business. And I think a lot of people oftentimes when they're looking at sort of their income or their sales, they're still not really equating it to a salary they'd make if they were working for a job because they're, you know, they're not calculating their expenses after expenses. They're still not making a salary. And I think, you know, this is the interesting part. Like we do want things to be profitable, But as conscious business owners, we also want it to be ethical and authentic. And what I am seeing is this flood of people who are coming into business to serve themselves. And again, nothing's wrong with the profit side of it. Like I think you want to, you want to have freedom. Awesome. I'm such a proponent for freedom. I teach freedom. You want to be able to have flexibility. You want to be able to be with your kids. All that's amazing. But you also have to serve a real need. If you're trying to pretend there's a need, if you're trying to like, you know, just, just sort of do it for yourself. It's not really about you. Like a business is about an exchange. And so I think, you know, we've lost some sight of that and there's become sort of a shallowness to business over the last, you know, especially the last five years that I'm seeing in the marketplace. And this is also why so many amazing women are struggling is that they're, they're not really focused on a specific need they solve. They're just like, I want to be in business. And then they're getting lost in a flood of competition and they're not making any money. Right. Yeah. And I feel that, you know, the quote that we read, it has a shadow side to it a little bit that could be dangerous in its own messaging. Mm. Because women already struggle with feeling like it's okay to need things. (laughs) I don't know. You know? (laughs) Totally. Um, And like that self-worth being dangerous is like, oh, okay. Um, It's like us getting okay with talking about our self-worth, knowing that we are not alone in struggling to own our value, that it can be difficult for women to raise their hand first in mixed-gender company and assert their their knowledge. It can be difficult for women for, to negotiate equal pay. You know, it's like all of these things kind of comes back to our not knowing that we're good enough. And if we add, like, consumer as a bad thing, like, um, let's slap that on with another layer. Do you know what I'm kind of saying here? It's like yes. if you let yeah, – well, if, if you shame it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. Because as business owners, and that's who we're talking to, and that's who yeah. we are, as business owners, if we make consumerism or capitalism wrong, we don't have a business. Like, right. you know, so I, so I think, you know, like shaming ourselves is definitely not where it's at or yeah. what we want to encourage on any level. And in fact, I don't even necessarily fully agree with that quote, but what I do find is it's an interesting conversation. And, you know, and I think it leads us to be more ethical and responsible as business owners. But, you know, I I mean, I think like we we sometimes always talk twofold because we're business owners and we have to look at how we're operating and where our responsibility is, but we're also people and consumers. And so, you know, part of the lesson I think as well is that we need to be working on our self-worth. We need to make sure we're not triggered by marketing messages. We need to make sure that we're not 
you know, falling into the trap of that as well. Because, you know, what I see is like, for instance, I talk to a lot of women, you know, whether it's on calls who are looking for my services or, you know, just I have conversations all the time with women in business. And I still hear people say, I fell for that manipulation or I know that you, what you have sounds so much better. And yet I still feel tempted to take the quick fix, you know, like, you know, there's like this, you know, and so I think we also have as consumers have to be responsible to work on our self-worth to make sure we're not triggered by things, because how can we ask other people not to be responding to that if we're not responding to it ourselves? Yes. And this comes back to things you've, we've talked about on this podcast before, and you're specifically um, spoken to as discernment, you know? And as consumers of other entrepreneurial endeavors and products, like we are definitely business to business. A lot of us are doing our work, and then we're also consuming from other entrepreneurs that are offering business coaching or they're offering some type of, you know, website development or there's all sorts of different things. And and yes, as an entrepreneur, we face, um, you know, like you and I said, we think that this is like a path to our self-development, to self-actualization. You've got to kind of open yourself up. And so once you do, you're vulnerable and you have self-doubt. And so when you're sitting there going down your feed on Facebook or Instagram and you see all these like pop-ups of, this great program, this will change your business, this will get you clients, this, you know, yeah. it's just like, really, will it? Like, I want that. Yeah. And so sometimes, you know, that can be dangerous because it's like knee jerk, some kind of reaction to the self-doubt instead of really what is my business need? What do I need? Let me go shop intentionally for a specific product, service, person, and get really clear about what I want and what I need. You know, I think that's, and it's the same thing we can do with anything. We can online impulse shop when we're overwhelmed and trying to numb out, or we can get on and look for something very intentionally. And that type of shopping can be very um, satisfying in a healthy way because you just went after something you needed, you shopped it, you researched it, interviewed, purchased, happy. Right. So there's yeah. different ways that we can definitely experience yeah. that. And I think when we're looking for services, as an example, like, you know, it's a uh, it's such an interesting because there's so many facets to it. But when we're looking for services, most service based businesses like coaches, consultants, marketers, different people, if yeah. they've been taught sales techniques, they're going to have been taught to close on the first call. Right. This is like what this is constantly what I'm taught as well. Yeah. I disagree with it. I won't do it. You know, I'm not going to pressure someone because honestly, it won't be a good fit for me if I have to pressure them on that first phone call. Totally. But a lot of people don't care about that. So so, you know, you do have to realize that that does often happen. And so like for my clients, I'm always teaching them the balance because I teach so much about sales. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm teaching them you want to make sure that you ask enough questions and you give them enough information in that sales call to be able to help them make a decision, but no pressure, right? Right. And no manipulation. And if they need more time to think about it, let them have more time to think about it. Like, you know, so there's this balance that you want to make sure you've done your best on a sales call, but without manipulation. And, but this happens. I mean, it's, and so I think 
you know, from a consumer point of view, we need to be conscious and and aware of our own patterns, where we knee jerk, where we're not doing our due diligence, you know, what that looks like. And then from a business owner perspective, we need to be sure that we are doing our best ethically and authentically to actually communicate our value and to help people make a right decision without that line going over that line of manipulation and fear and, you know, and just adding to their, this sort of consumerism. And I think, you know, it's a really interesting line and there's no way for me to say, this is what's on this side and this is what's on this side. I think it's a feeling and it's something you need to practice with. Uh, but I think, yeah, it's an interesting perspective. Yes. Yes. And, you know, not all, consuming actions, like when we consume, not everything we do is because we're unhappy. And that kind of the Mm. quote, because I'm going to just keep digging at it because that's what we're kind of tearing apart. It's like we read a book. We're having a mini book club. We read a quote. Now we're going to talk about it. Um, But, you know, it's kind of like the – I get where that person's coming coming from because it is something that people can do and get into unhealthy patterns. But we also um, do have things that we need – to purchase that yeah. we need to have shelter. So we decide on what kind of house. Now you can go crazy on that and buy more than you need, or you can like have something that satisfies, you know, the basics. So there's different ways that we overconsume or overspend. But I think that again, consumer consumerism is energy exchange again, like how we think about what we want to bring into our lives and what are we giving for that. And if we kind of simplify, you know, I think this is why even people that do reduce their uh, spending or their shopping, they start to say they feel more simplified. They feel like things are more simple because it's just less energy that's like, or more trackable energy, like, oh, so much out, so much in, so much out, so much in. But when it's over, like so much out and so much out, and then how am I going (laughs) to, so much in, then it has a way of feeling out of balance. And so much of the way that we're consuming or we're providing a service or product Again, it comes back to that balance, right? Like, yeah, it does. And I think, you know, one of the things I just want to cover really quickly before yeah. we wrap up is that I think we need to look at what are some things we can do as business owners to make sure we are being responsible mm-hmm. and ethical in this process of consumerism so that we're helping people make, you know, conscious choices and we're supporting the industry and the marketing and we're contributing in a healthy way um, to society versus like, you know, sort of perpetuating the negative effects of consumerism. And I think it starts with being able to be really clear about the core or the solid foundation that you have for your business, right? Which is what I'm all about is teaching women how to really go back to that solid foundation. And part of that is making sure that you know what kind of need you're fulfilling. You know, that really you're not just in business for yourself, that's a component, but you're also in business to serve something that's not being served. And so I think going back to that really specific piece is really important um, to make sure that you're contributing reading in, in an ethical way to, to this topic. And then I think once you are clear that you there is a need and you're fulfilling it, which is again why I teach a lot about validation, being able to go out and validate that it's really is a need, that people really need it, it's not being fulfilled and you can help them. 
Then I think it's about communicating very ethically and authentically. So, you know, you're sharing with people your value, why you're different, whether they like it or not, that's up to them. Their decision to purchase you is not on you, but I think your ability to communicate your value, to communicate what you have to offer, to really communicate in an authentic way, not trying to stir things up in terms of, you know, manipulate people or make them feel bad or make them feel like they're not worthy or make them feel like they're not good enough if they're not doing X, Y, Z. And you can see this, you know, in terms of like, um, in my industry, it's, you know, if you're not making a million dollars, if you're not making seven figures, what's wrong with you? You've done something wrong because everyone's making seven figures, right? Which is a lot of BS (laughs) as we've talked about many, many times. But, you know, that's a way that really perpetuates this feeling. And all these women are feeling not good enough because they're like, I'm not making that much. What's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong in my business? Why isn't this working? And so I think, you know, we've got to make sure that in our marketing and in our language and our communication, we're communicating very ethically, very authentically. And then I think it's about the sales process. So you've got sort of these three components, the foundation, the communication, and then the sales process. And in your sales process, it's about not manipulating. It's about not pushing. doesn't mean you can't like have some scarcity if it's real. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean that you can't you know, use some really amazing techniques or strategies. But if it's crossing that line of manipulating or it's crossing that line of trying to, you know, make someone feel bad for not hiring you, like that is just something I really, um, you know, obviously don't advocate. So I think it's being really ethical. So not pressuring people to make a decision right away, just giving them as much data as they need. And, you know, in the money objections that we talked about, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I think it's also about being able to be sure that the objection really is money. So it's not, again, not pushing them, but it's mm-hmm. being really aware of, you know, have you answered all their questions? Have you handled all their objections just so they have data to make a decision? And I think, you know, one last thing as well is recognizing that if we're empowering someone, oftentimes they won't need us anymore. Right. And I think this is a, especially in my industry, there's this idea that you should perpetually push people to the next program and the next program and the next program. And I actually find that, you know, half my clients they get to where they're feeling quite empowered or they make different decisions that are no longer relevant for my mentoring. Mm -hmm. And therefore I'm not going to push them into another program because that would be unethical. And that would be again, perpetuating that consumerism or trying to manipulate them when they're good. They're, they're feeling empowered. They've gained what I wanted out of the program and now they're going to go off and do their thing. And so we have to also be willing to let people go when they become empowered. And so I think those are some of the things that we have to look at. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Laura? Yeah, yeah. I agree with all of those. And most importantly was just the first one that you said is really look at what you're providing. And if it's a good match, if you have a gift, you have a skill, you have knowledge, and you're providing it, and there's this person who needs exactly that, that knowledge, that service, that gift, then it's a great match. And there's nothing to manipulate there. It's just being authentic, you know, authentic. It's being open and honest about, you know, where you are. And I think I really appreciate that about um, being a therapist because that's that's part of the process of people self like selecting a therapist is that the mm. therapist doesn't really 
push that. We show up kind of, this is what kind of therapist I am. This is how I work. This is how I view the world. And if it matches, then great. Like if you want to step into this experience, then self-select in. And if not, I have referrals. Like I'm happy to refer you out. So that's something that in my therapy, in my therapy business, that's been easier for me. Learning how to find that in my co-working business has been more difficult just because the market education isn't there. People don't even understand what I'm trying to offer them. So I've had to under, you know, get really clear about how do you um, explain this in a way that's clear and authentic and people understand, right? So there's different ways in which different listeners, different businesses that people are probably working with is they're going to take this through that lens. But I think that that's, that's the main kind of question to ask self, you know, like if I am delivering a service that's mine to deliver and I'm being truthful about what I can do, what I can offer, and somebody wants to, to jump into that, then there you go. And I think that that's where the authentic marketing is coming into play why it's so important that more and more people understand to just tell your story just be you like show up with how who you really are on your website because those people that find you are going to get that they're going to see the real you and they're like I like you I want to work with you so it just speaks to the importance of that I think as well so yeah yeah I feel like there's so many threads actually we can pull out of this episode well, this was a because- fun different kind of way to to talk about it, it was just like taking yeah. this kind of controversial I'm sure there's listeners that want to <laughs> chime in kind of their their way of thinking about this so it'd be fun to have a conversation about it um in the Facebook group or any yeah. other places but yeah I think it's pretty Yeah, I think it's good. And and I think we will pull some threads because yeah. one of the things I want to make sure cuz women have such a tendency to um be hesitant in putting themselves out there. And so sometimes this then gives them, you know, because they want to be authentic and ethical, sometimes they then use that as an excuse to not put themselves out there. And so I want to make sure, you know, we're not perpetuating that because we absolutely think you should put yourself out there and you should really be telling people about your value and you should absolutely be marketing and using sales techniques. And like, absolutely, those things are imperative. I teach all of that in my program. But on the other side, You just want to make sure as well that, you know, you've got some alignment with with what you believe around, you know, consumerism, around capitalism, around authentic marketing. And so we're sort of talking about the other side of that today. But I don't want any of you (laughs) to use this as an excuse to not sell yourselves (laughs) because the world needs whatever you're offering. And so, you know, there's just there's just a good process that you can use to be able to help you move through that. Um, So thank you all for joining us and we will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can dive into more of the conversation in our Facebook group, Women in the Business Arena. You can also access all of our episodes and some great resources at womeninthebusinessarena.com. Our mission is to arm more women with the tools, strategies, and know-how to navigate the business arena with ease so they can create more success, more fulfillment, and more liberation. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who commented, reviewed, and shared our show. We are so appreciative of your support. Okay. Okay, talk to you next week.